Welcome back to the Play On Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Stavros. Today, we'll be speaking with Joseph Hanratty, director of this year's production of Julius Caesar in the new Eileen and Alan Ains Studio Theater at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Joseph was artistic director of the Milwaukee Repertory Theater from 1993 to the year 2000. During that time, he directed classical and contemporary plays and wrote stage adaptations of literature. Under his leadership, the company created over 50 new American plays, translations, and adaptations, many of which have subsequently been produced in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the nation's leading regional theaters. Joe's off-Broadway production of Moliere's The Misanthrope was nominated for a Lucille Lortel Award for Best Off-Broadway Revival, and his Chicago production of The Blonde, The Brunette, and The Vengeful Redhead earned a solo work Jeff nomination for actress Deborah Staples. He's also directed productions for the Idaho Shakespeare Festival, the Great Lakes Shakespeare Festival, the Connecticut Repertory Theater, and for the Rep in Delaware. He's also been the co-adapter for Pride and Prejudice and the Utah Shakespeare Festival premiere production of Sense and Sensibility. Previously at the festival, Joe has directed productions of the adaptations of Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility, Private Lives, and Macbeth. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for being with us here on the Play On Podcast. Josh, good to see you. <laughs> you've had, uh, as, as we record this, uh, you've just had your uh, essentially final dress, uh, and you're having your preview today for uh, Julius Caesar in the brand new Ains Theater. I know, momentarily. <laughs> it's early morning, and we're waiting for our afternoon preview. Excellent. Well, it's, uh, I'm so thrilled to visit with you today to talk about uh, Julius Caesar's, you know, the show specifically, but there's so much around it this time because it's opening the Ains um, and you've uh, created something that's completely different than anything we've ever done at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Talk to us a little bit about knowing that you were going into the Ains Theater, knowing that you got to do something different. Talk to us a little bit about how you got to the concept and, and tell us what you wanted to share with Julius Caesar this year. Well, Julius Caesar is a play about politics and it's about rhetoric and it's about how the public perceives a leader and uh, when and if there is ever reason for political violence and assassination. So the idea of getting the crowd involved uh, in the play in a very visceral way was important to us. So we came up with an idea to kind of create stadiums for the audience on both sides of the action so they would be part of it. Um, there's many speeches to the public and uh, to the crowds, to the throngs. Uh, and so this gives us a much d more direct audience uh, involvement, more connection to the audience. Uh, so they're very much part of the event. The audience actually can see each other uh, as much as they can see the actors throughout the entire event. And the Ains, of course, being a flexible space and the Utah production <laughs> team being very open and very creative, very skilled in how they could uh, engineer the theater to fit the design that Jason Lotke, the set designer, and I had in mind. Where it, it's turned out to be kind of an event. Where uh, I, we, we've been lucky to have our dress rehearsals with much of the staff from the Utah <laughs> Shakespeare Festival attending because play. Fortunately, is selling well, and uh, this is uh, an opportunity for them to get in to see it. It, it is. It's a hot ticket, and it's, I know for many of my colleagues, it was going to be the only chance to see the show for quite some time. And I'm glad that we got to provide, you know, an audience for you in that dress, hearing that it's it's so visceral. I mean, we've done, you know, you've you've directed all over, and you've directed here in in a number of ways. The Adams Theater was very intimate in the nature, you know, it was, it was 800 people, but we all were fairly close in the thrust. And the Randall, 
Jones Theater is its own brand of intimate, but still 600, 700 people. The Ains is something entirely different for our audiences. It's, you know, 200 people, you just said it, it's the audience on two sides in what we call an alley format. Uh, what's it like directing in such a small space when well, you're on your audience is so close to you? Well, we're trying to combine two things in the play. We're actually trying to combine intimacy with a certain amount of spectacle. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have large scaffolding units on both sides of the stage and a pretty active uh, sonic <clears throat> background uh, for the show and uh, a, a lot of different kinds of energy. So we're trying to combine that connection with the audience. Uh, much, a lot of it is direct address. Mm -hmm. uh, often the actors are in the aisles with the audience. Uh, we encourage them to participate, to <laughs> cast themselves as the crowd uh, in, in many of the events of the play. And I think it actually gives the play some traction. There, you know, you, you talked about this play, it's about politics, and of course we're in an election year. Uh, you know, there, there's something very interesting, I think, to immediately making this a binary experience for the audience, that there's two sides to, uh, to the show uh, in the staging of it. But speaking of the play specifically, this play isn't about American politics. So how do you, how do you encapsulate the feeling or the idea or the without overstating or over, overcomplicating the message, how is this play about Roman politics, that's actually probably a little bit more about British politics, or English politics, excuse me, about American politics, or is it? Well, I think there's one step of renew, removal. Uh, when Shakespeare wrote the play, he was really writing about Elizabethan uh, political insurrection and the threats of uh, uh, political violence that were uh, aimed at uh, Queen Elizabeth, uh, We've done all of the history plays here <laughs> at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. We're doing Henry V now, and, and that's the culmination of a long line of uh, political insurrection and violent mm -hmm. uh, uh, overthrow of governments, and so it makes a nice connection that way. But Shakespeare had abstracted uh, the Elizabethan politics by placing it in this classical antique time of Roman politics. And he was fascinated with Roman politics and with Julius Caesar. One of the things that was really interesting to me when I started working on the play is scanning through all of Shakespeare's plays. 21 of the plays mention Julius Caesar wow. somewhere in the text. So this idea of Julius Caesar being a sort of a classic test case for the ramifications of a violent political overthrow were very, very uh, present for him. Uh, for us, uh, we have a time of extreme polarization sure. in American politics, and so the play has some traction with uh, uh, our own election year. Uh, notions of tyranny and extreme inflamed political rhetoric are certainly characterizing uh, this election. So uh, it's something that an audience can understand. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, but you're absolutely right, the particular details of the play are not a glove fit with an American politics. So we've abstracted it uh, one step, uh, it tried to almost emulate what Shakespeare did by placing it in a modern Rome, mm -hmm. uh, in a modern Italy, uh, which has its share of political uh, <laughs> chaos yes, yes. Uh, with several political parties yeah. and uh, a complete 
revamping of governments on, on, on a regular basis. Uh, but it, it actually takes it and, and removes it one step further. It also allows us, um, just from a design standpoint, to concentrate a little bit more on the personalities of the characters in, in this sense uh, that in an American Senate, there's nothing but blue suits. Yes. And it's very hard to uh, sort of distinguish the characterization uh, of, of the individual conspirators where Italy being a little bit more fashion conscious, uh, <laughs> there is a greater latitude uh, yeah. of what personal dress can mean. And also placing it in a modern time uh, allows us to say in a shorthand for our customer, uh, Rachel Laritz, to say something about a character in a more immediate way. Mm -hmm. uh, when we place plays in a historical period, they give a great context for the play, but unless you're really a costuming expert, you really don't know the small distinguishing factors between characters. Where uh, whether a person wears a tie or doesn't, what kind of tie they wear, what kind of shoes they wear. Uh, the smallest little details in a contemporary setting tell us an awful lot about a character, and we just wanted that range of expression. Well, it connects the audience sub almost, almost subconsciously to an idea or a feeling of, from that characterization in such a way that, that, that has do that's doing the work with the actor of showing us what we need to know to understand the story. Yeah, and we find, tried to find some balance between the Roman antiquity and uh, a contemporary setting. So, so we presented little, we have little bits of scenery at, at both ends of, of the stage, but in the scaffolding, really what's going is uh, in uh, a modern Rome filled with antiquities that are going under renovation. So that gave us an excuse to use some, some scaffolding and some construction things uh, in the play, which, which help a lot with uh, just creative ways of telling the story. But they also uh, talk a little bit about uh, renovations and the amount of money uh, that's coming into uh, Rome mm -hmm. and uh, how that affects the populace and how it affects their attitudes towards the various leaders. If you have to encapsulate, um, well, so before I get there, uh, a question sort of from a uh, dramaturgical standpoint, if you don't mind, you've directed a lot of Shakespeare. Why, Julius Caesar was a historical figure. Um, he lived, he existed. Why is Julius Caesar not considered, quote-unquote, a history play in Shakespeare's canon? Why is it considered a tragedy in terms of the parsing out of, uh, what, of genres in terms of Shakespeare's plays? Well, it's a play about political ideology. Uh, and uh, uh, in terms of, I, I don't know how they're characterized. I mean, it has a historical leaping off place. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't really fit... Uh, the exact definition of a tragedy in, That's in true. that sense, in this sort of uh, 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 because the balance of the ideas is, is very symmetrical. Uh, one of the interesting things about the play is it can be interpreted uh, and doing full justice to the text in exactly opposite ways. Uh, and has been throughout history. For, for example, in the 30s, a very, very famous production of Julius Caesar was directed by Orson Welles uh, in the context of World War II and the fascist takeover uh, of Europe. And that was really foregrounded in the play. So in, in that play, uh, Caesar becomes a, a tyrant, uh, much in the way of a Hitler or a Mussolini, uh, which gives a certain rallying cry uh, and Brutus becomes much more of a freedom fighter. Uh, 
from our standpoint today, we're looking at a much more ambiguous sort of trial of ideas mm -hmm. uh, so that Caesar can be both a martyr and a tyrant mm -hmm. and Brutus can be both a murderer and a freedom fighter. Uh, so that contradiction, uh, I, I think, really informs the play. Well, that leaves so much to the audience in terms of making those connections, not with with each of those characters or each of those ideologies, uh, whether that's uh, affirming a position or making us question it. Well, ultimately what happens in the play is chaos and ruin. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's part of our design idea. We start with something fairly neat uh, and wind up with a lot of destruction at the end. So whether or not uh, political violence is ever justified, the immediate result almost never fits the plans of the conspirators yeah. or the assassins. Uh, there's almost any time uh, there's a violent insurrection in a country, there's chaos. Uh, and if things improve, they improve over two more generations. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not after, an immediate... After that uh, issue. And it never, never works out exactly <laughs> with the plan because there's always counter-reactions mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and uh, destruction, chaos. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, as we will see in Julius Caesar. Uh, Joe, just to, to wrap it with, uh, give us in sort of an encapsulated sense on if you have to tell, if you were seeing somebody on the street and said, you know, you really need to see Julius Caesar, why is this a play? Americans, uh, audiences at the Utah Shakespeare Festival, whether or not they're American, why is this a play people need to see? I think because it connects to the ethos that's around us every day. It gives some sort of context. It gives some sort of view of cause and result of certain uh, positions. Um, we're in a we're in a place again where where there's such extreme polarization uh, that uh, we're really a country ideologically at war with itself, uh, and uh, this is sort of a direct result uh, of that. So we're, you can't help but to see the play uh, in the context of the times that you live mm -hmm. in. Uh, we're kind of using that as a as a uh, invitation or a catalyst for thought uh, in the play, and I think viscerally it's a very exciting uh, play. It's a political thriller uh, as well as being an ideological debate. Well, I can say for myself, it was a really it was a treat watching it in rehearsal, and for our guests who haven't yet come to the theater and seen the Ains, it's I think a very exciting. Uh, a new frontier for us in terms of uh, a small, intimate theater, theater that we can do in a way that many theaters may do, but we have never done before here. And it's something completely new. And we're so grateful for you uh, and this production uh, breaking ground for us and forging ahead, uh, using Shakespeare in the past to create a new future for the Utah Shakespeare Festival and for this wonderful play. So thank you very much and uh, happy opening and we'll, uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you again. Oh, thanks, Josh. Great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Play On Podcast. Be sure to go back and listen to past interviews on the festival webpage, bard.org. Check out the latest episode released every Friday with your favorite directors, actors, and designers from our 2016 season. 